0: So, you are listening to Into the Ether, a Genlock introspective podcast. This is Ripley.
1: And this is Jerry.
0: And today we are going through Season 1, Episode 1 The Pilot. So, I took this text from the Rooster Teeth site, outline of what the episode is about Earth 2068. City by city, free society is being forcibly absorbed into a vast autocracy. One military force holds the line. One pilot could turn the tide. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty (laughs) auspicious start. Um, I did also pull the Merriam-Webster definition of autocracy. Uh Plural autocracies. definition, the authority or rule of an autocrat a government in which one person possesses unlimited power, and a community or state governed by autocracy. Okay.
1: Yeah, I I think that's helpful because what we actually see in the episode, you're not really seeing too much of the background government that has pushed into this point, aside from a few nice little Easter egg billboards (laughs) and such in the scenery. So... That is a good way to set it up, figure out where these opposing factions are coming from and what authorities they're representing.
0: Yeah. The first scene, setting up the main characters, or the, the main the, the two main characters of the series, you've got Julian Chase, Miranda Wirth, and then Julian's mother and sister. It's a nice nice uh, meet-the-girlfriend dinner. Yes, yes. And um, as a... Uh,
1: Star Trek fan, I couldn't help but notice the uh, link to New Orleans there, uh, which is where Commander Sisko was from in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine franchise. So I don't know if that was a deliberate nod to that or if it was just a happy accident, but I appreciated it either way. It did seem to kind of ground and humanize the series, starting it up from the viewpoint of this is a family living in the year 2068 so you get to see the the homey touches of how tech could progress into the near future like that like you have this mechanical robot arm assistant grabbing the (laughs) spatula and this karaoke type like a like a vr yeah
0: (laughs) vr karaoke which yes i'm there for that is Mm -hmm. that a thing please Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's just just little functional but also like little design elements there was some digital creature sitting in the corner looked like one of those um happy cats the 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 waving paw cats Mm -hmm. but not quite
1: yeah and i I saw you could actually kind of see through it a little yeah yeah kidding it wasn't like a
0: Solid object. Solid
1: object. It was a hologram of some sort. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I felt that was a good setup of where the technology is kind of at at the time. And uh, in that frame of mind, uh, going forward with the scene, and, and you know, there's little witty repartees and little digs that families do, especially when they're needing, meeting, you know, the significant other. It's like, well, let's see, how, how far can we embarrass our kid, mm-hmm. really? <laughs> but within all of that, there's just kind of little things like the mom only makes two servings. Right. There's comments about, oh man, I wish I could have that. Oh, I can't. And it's like, you're kind of sitting And they're like why not like do they have do they have have yeah do they do they have like dietary restrictions in this in this uh uh, organization or what and then uh Miranda gets up to go and she goes to fist bump Dre the sister and her fist her fist kind of passes through it's like it's digital like at that point you're like okay they're not actually physically there
1: right yeah that that was a good way to kind of reveal that new tech it's Something that right now we're striving to achieve, yeah. but we haven't quite gotten there. We
0: yeah.
1: keep uh, keep pushing at it.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then it's so then they leave. Chase and Miranda leave and finishes off that scene with the start of the attack on New York. Mm-hmm. The mom catches it on the the newscast. There's some like State of the Union going on, and then that gets infiltrated, and the their technology starts to to blip out.
1: Yeah, that's that's actually a good point, that the world isn't on pause waiting for them to finish their personal <laughs> time. It's going in the background the, yeah. when, when the daughter's doing her uh, online karaoke stuff. Yeah. You can see the news flashes briefly playing in the background, and you can tell... There's some sort of breaking news happening, but you can't quite tell what it is or how bad it might yeah. be. Yeah,
0: and then, uh, then, so the mom goes to the window because she can see the The polity Building, right. being the, the this 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 organization, this uh, uh, political organization, is right. like across the river.
1: Yeah, it's still so in view from where she yeah. lives. Yeah,
0: and you, that's when you see these first arms of the nanobots. Yeah. yeah. And nanotech is like it fascinates me, but it also kind of terrifies me. Yeah. And <laughs> God, like I'll have to go because my first my first experience with nanobots. It's been a while since I've read it, so like all the details are fuzzy except for ones that don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michael Crichton wrote a novel about nanotech mm-hmm. in the health industry, I think, but it, it went wrong. Called Prey. Okay. Now, if that title just doesn't tell you something, <laughs> <laughs> right? But but yeah, the, the idea from that was we've got these like microscopic little bots that kind of think within a like a flock. Hive mind mentality, like if you see these swarms of birds, mm-hmm. kind of the, the same sort of thing, and so and you know it, sh- it showed up in other multimedia before. Yeah, so you know here it is in in Genlock, You see these kind of yeah, it's kind of like at first you think
1: oh these are plumes of smoke, and then they start moving in a deliberate and intelligent direction yeah it really kind of creeps you out even though you're not quite <laughs> sure yeah what's yeah going on these these tendrils reaching towards their objectives
0: so okay so right now we've got our hero's stake within this attack right yeah
1: it's his hometown.
0: Yeah, and that's like the first the first few minutes, and so yeah. Yeah, I mean, it did. A, I felt it did a really good job at like dropping this exposition in a way that felt fluid and not too like oh god, it's exposition mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And then you then you go on to back to the base, yeah, the, the Vanguard thing. base, and and more witty repartee and introducing the side characters, and they don't quite know the attacks happening yet, so everything's still kind of light and airy. And yeah, yeah, that's actually
1: kind of a good point with this one. They actually. Let you see a nice, well, nice, but, not- <laughs> <laughs> but the beginning of something happening there. A, a movement through a large populated city like New York is a clear marker of before and after. We've seen that in real life at this point, so we can connect to it on that level. Yeah. Whereas in, in some of our previous. Sci-fi projects like Macross and things like that—it's like the year is bye, bye. bye Humanity has blah 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 blah. And they like just Earth try to cram it doesn't all doesn't exist or yeah. just
0: doesn't like not at all the way that we it. But I mean that's yeah. that's something else entirely. Is seeing this super sci-fi genre, but within a context that's very real. And yeah, you know, you've been to New York, you've been to these places, you've seen it. It it exists. It's there. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting to get like this genre and these these motifs from that genre kind of playing in that playground
1: yeah and and you're talking like what 40-ish years in the future so it's it's not really that far that's that's, still
0: that's still kind of in our timelines if we eat our Wheaties
1: yeah if we if we (laughs) back up the clock 40 years we can see how much technology has changed between now and forty years ago. Yeah. So yeah, projecting forty years into the future you've <laughs> got some familiar elements, but clearly society moves and shifts over time as well.
0: Then you've got the they're scrambling for the attack. Right. Right. They're they're gonna go now, they have their 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 last kiss before they separate to the walker and their right. their yeah. ship. This is not a
1: drill. You're
0: right. He's like, please. One last kiss. And we don't
1: know what's going to happen
0: next. Yeah. And God, let me tell you, as a woman watching this series, Mm -hmm. and I've talked to other women who are watching this episode and we're all sitting here like, oh, God, Miranda's going to die. That's it. She's Mm -hmm. dead. She's the love interest. She's going to die. And that's going to be his motivation for going on because that's what always happens. Right. And so it's just like, oh, please, no. It's like, oh, fine. Mm hmm. Going through it again, because I've, I've seen the first episode a few times. Right. But this last time I went through it and really kind of like broke it down and, and took notes and paused to rewind and like listened to the way that they worded things mm-hmm. or screens that were flashing in the background. Colonel Mayern says it's the first attack. She says this is, this is, this is not a terrorist, this is a start of war. Right. So this is, this is not some little undermining, uh, guerrilla tactic. This mm-hmm. is, a force making the first step in an ongoing engagement.
1: So a full-blown military yes. operation.
0: So yeah. something has been going on, and they never say American. They mm-hmm. they never say this is first attack on American soil. So fifty years from now, who knows if America really exists in the way that we it does today? Right. But the conti- like the maps the maps that they show in the series are like the contiguous U.S.
1: Right. The conti-
0: right. Uh, and I will touch on something about that later on mm-hmm. in the episode, but not now. Okay. Um, but you've got something queued up on your phone. Oh yeah. You want to um, say something?
1: As they were showing the city in this first episode, uh, I did notice this uh, prominent billboard that had in big letters, "We can lead the world without compromise." And the first time I saw that, mm. I was thinking that was a pitch slogan from the existing government that was in charge of New York City at the time of the attack. But then I looked down at the bottom and it had a little hashtag union at the bottom. So that means that the union had kind of this soft propaganda that they were going for. Yeah. Influencing the people in the city before they even launch this military attack, they're coming yeah. in with commercial propaganda influence to try to pave the way ahead. Yeah, their
0: their Twitter hashtag. Campaign. <laughs> but I mean, no, and I mean that brings up a good point because there's that one moment when it it does like it, we go on to the attack and it's showing the attack happening and as the vanguard's fighting, but also the people on the ground and the civilians. And there's this moment where there's there's a family there's there's a man a woman and a child and the soldiers are coming up on him and he holds up his phone and it's got the uh, the union insignia on it right and they pass him by and I just like I'm seeing that and then the the woman looks at him like. You know what, yeah, what the yeah. hell, dude? <laughs> Where'd that come from? But then later on, when the nanobots are going by, mm-hmm. there's kind. Of, it's it's not too obvious. I didn't like. I I wasn't quite sure the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, it was a little mm-hmm. more. Like they go around. There's like a right. bubble. They go around these people. They go around mm-hmm. the Union soldiers. Mm-hmm. But then they they continue on and they attack the, poly, the vanguard soldiers. Right. Yeah. So that that soft propaganda kind of gives them this little edge in as they bring as they start this uh, this attack. Yeah,
1: that actually is a realistic historical view of things because like. Back in World War II, you had what they called the fourth column, which would be journalists who were sympathetic to interests other than the United States official interests trying to influence public opinion towards yeah. their side. So it is something that does happen in conflict. It's yeah. not just military.
0: This is, this is fiction, but it's they're, they're really pulling their inspirations from everywhere going into the attack and their vanguard friends and what they're doing you've got you know these these pilots that are going and you've they're against the union pilots and you've got the ground you've got these walkers oh here we go let's talk about the technology Mm -hmm. and as someone who plays video games who loves like (laughs) space opera first person shooters like halo and mass effect and 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 destiny like there's a familiarity To the technology, into these tanks, these walkers. Yeah, these walking tanks. Yes.
1: Yeah, they they were so reminiscent of the old uh, pen and paper uh, Battletech game. I was just blown away to (laughs) see it actually moving around in 3D. And I, I know other people, including the people that own the Battletech, franchise. They have put it into video games and such, but that moment seeing them in defensive New York City was really something to see.
0: Yeah. But it, you know, it's it's terrifying and, and really kinda cool. Mm-hmm. The animation, the animation is great, especially with like the the technology. Yeah. That they do. Yeah, that is where this
1: style of animation really shines is being able to uh, build three D mech models like this yeah. and make them look really cool and much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So you've got these these six legged walkers, and then you've like it against the uh, the meccas that the the vanguard have, mm-hmm. which remind me of mech warrior.
1: So yeah, to to me they kind of felt like a combination of insect like creatures, but it also reminded me a lot of the uh, the zergs from Starcraft. <laughs>
0: I, I wouldn't doubt if, there, if there's some inspiration from that in there as well. I think they do a really good job at, at pulling these inspirations and, and kind of making their own thing from it as opposed to plagiarizing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not literally Zergs, yeah. but y- y- you have that feel, that menace of they almost felt alien, but... It turned out they weren't. So, yeah, you, you have that moment of this feels like alien invaded forces, like what you get out of, say... Um,
0: Independence Day? No, it's the one... District the Nine? one with the,
1: the bugs. Star, District... Star oh! Troopers Starship is Troopers is the one that I'm thinking God. of. Yeah, so, yeah, it definitely reminds me of the Starship yeah. Troopers moment with the alien insects coming in to invade. But then you find out, no... This yeah. is a strictly planetary operation.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they mention when, when they're seeing the nanotech in, in these battles, it was weaponized. Right. By the, the It was weaponized by the Union. So it existed prior. Not sure who created it. Not sure what it was created for. Just that it wasn't military right. on the offset.
1: But, Outset, but that does make sense because we are digging into nanotech right now yeah. for medical purposes. So I could see somebody <laughs> going, "Oh, look at all this stuff you can do with medicine. Let's see what we can do over in this." Yeah, area. yeah,
0: yeah. There's, there's, oh, there's such a gross, a horrifying <laughs> connection between medical and, and warfare mm-hmm. and biological warfare and torture and prolonging your enemies' pain and suffering, mm-hmm. or, or just finding ways to eradicate them entirely. They don't say specifically, but that's where my money would be, is that it right. began in, yeah. in medical yeah, kind of thing. Another technical thing I noticed was uh, when Razzle's telling telling Chase where she's at, she says, by the seawall. Right. And you've got this big structure along the coastline. hmm and is that product of, of rising tides, trying to battle against rising tides. That
1: is a good point, and I completely missed that. <laughs> so
0: the reason I bring that up, because I want to point it out, oh no, do I say it now or do I wait? I think I'll wait, no. Because the actual the actual map that I, that is referencing this thing I want to talk about doesn't happen until much later. Okay. I'm going to save that. You just have to listen to the end of the episode. In addition to these walkers and these nanobots, you've got the behemoth. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this is the first time they're seeing something like this. Right. And
1: it's such a huge, menacing-looking thing and out it's there.
0: skyscrapers high. Yeah. It is very top-heavy. It's like this this big... I mean, it's like a bug. Yeah. Within aliens and with movies and with other media, it's like if, if you want something that is the most removed from humanity, you make a bug. Mm-hmm. You make something bug-like. Yeah. There's just something about multiple legs... <laughs> It's hard exoskeleton yeah. that make humans go, Oh my god
1: Yeah. Bones on the outside. What's going on? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's yeah. not supposed to be So <laughs> so with something like that you've it's It's got like a, it's broad, it's long, it's got kind of like a segmented tail and then these these long spindly legs and it moves slow. Yeah. For a thing of that size, that makes sense. But it's also, they can't really take it down.
1: Yeah. And it does seem like whoever was uh, operating that thing or delivering the orders on that thing was definitely going for the maximum psychological effect because, I mean, walking up to the Statue of Liberty and going,
0: yeah with one
1: hand yeah. one, one
0: was, little yeah. spindly leg single single-leggedly yeah. takes yeah. out that was not an
1: accident
0: no. yeah
1: they definitely did that on purpose to deliver a
0: message yeah oh yeah i think we get that message loud and clear about what kind of enemy we're dealing with somebody who doesn't like freedom so the pilots are talking about this uh, ESD, uh, their Threat Pulse Weapon. So Razzle gets permission to to use that. It's like an EMP, kind yeah. of an electrical burst.
1: But even in that moment, they were still concerned about the civilian population yes. in New York. Because they specifically said, make sure it doesn't affect air traffic control. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Like, only only target the nanotech mm-hmm. do not affect air traffic. Yeah. So, yeah, still trying to minimize the damage on a whole. But it's kind of a moot point because they can track it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it like pops out the bottom of the ship and it starts charging. Yeah. And the little cameras on the top of the behemoth swivel and immediately fire on it. Yeah. They, I mean, they hit it. Yeah,
1: clearly they, they recognized the threat and yeah. decided they needed to get rid of it. Yes,
0: yeah. so that's Razzle down, which is sad. Uh, Razzle was voiced by Lindsay Jones, who does Ruby in Ruby, so one of the, the Rooster Teeth regulars. So, okay, so going, you know, they're talking back and forth. Marin had these videos up, these, these digital windows where she watching the battle from. On the one hand, you've got the fatalities and injury count for civilians, civilian, mobile, air, and ground. Mm -hmm. When you first see it, it's around the the, the highest numbers for civilians, which is around in the 170s, 180s. Between that moment when she's authorizing the ESD and when Razzle's ship is fired down, it's now in the 500s. So that's the speed at which Quick, quick they're climb. taking yeah they're, yeah they're taking things out um and then on the the right side you had air, air force lead razzle and chaser support lead tempest miranda and gail of uh, the two walkers right i can't remember if gail was leon or jody but i th- mm-hmm. think it might have been leon mm-hmm. uh, but it didn't say it's a tempest and and gail yeah. And then the one in the middle was the, the map. Right. And so when you first see it, it's like the, the outline of New York, the mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. And this threat is from New York all the way up to Albany. And then as they go through further in, further in the engagement, kind of interspersing between these conversations, it's just spreading west. It's spreading, yeah. you know, yeah. northwest. It's, it's not good. Yeah. Things are not good. So she... Uh, makes the call to evacuate. And here we get our hero. You only live once, let the good times roll. Yeah, it's
1: Clearly clearly uh, influenced by his dad, which we saw in the first scene. You had the, the mounted flag on the wall, yeah. so you know that he's uh, at least a second-generation military man.
0: Yeah. Chase is, is ordered to help the evacuation, but instead he goes back to the Behemoth and fires up his ESD, maneuvers his ship so that it's the shield. Yeah. So that he can fire the ESD and have his ship cover it until it's got chance to, to right. make that uh, to make that blast. Yeah. And he's a he's able to take out the nanobots that way.
1: Mhm.
0: I believe the Bahamas keeps moving.
1: Hmm. That's a good point. I don't actually remember seeing the behemoth after that they just showed the effect on the uh, nano clouds
0: yeah so the but they're they're already in full full evacuation mode so it gives them the chance to to save more people and to evacuate
1: i could see that he clearly had a plan going but that that one wrench in the works for what he was planning to do with that was they managed to shoot off his wing. So yeah. he ended up falling into his own pulse wave, yeah. which knocked out his ejector seat controls. So even up to the last minute, he still had a plan to Together. survive. It just didn't work the way he was hoping no. it
0: would. And the Miranda sees this. his ship goes bu- go down and she can't hail him on the frequency, and but she can't stay around because they're. They're being overrun at this point. Right. You know, the nano clouds are down, but it's still you've got the walkers and the soldiers and the yeah. ground troops to worry about. So she, she falls back and the, the walker the remaining walkers are pulled up into the drop ships and hauled away. So, okay, that was a twist The <laughs> lady watching this I, As I am, and sitting there Like, wow, the lady did not die mm-hmm. What are we in for? Oh my god, I'm so, I'm so interested mm-hmm. Kind of thing, so that was, that was just this What would probably otherwise be Not as big of a deal To some people, was mm-hmm. a really big Deal to me, and to some of the people That I've talked to mm-hmm. This trope of the woman Gets fridged in order to give the, the Man the motivation To push forward But it's It was flipped Mm -hmm. A little bit here Mm -hmm. Except not really But we'll find that out later (laughs) 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 But like yeah I was like What did I just see What just happened I almost couldn't believe it It was Mm -hmm. like What Yeah So they 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 pull out Oh, yeah, and there's there's some little random random babble. One of the Vanguard soldiers says, there's nanos everywhere, and there's just something about the cadence of his voice reminds me of some some random AI chatter in Mass Effect. There's bogeys everywhere. <laughs> it's like they've done it everywhere.
1: Uh-huh. It's
0: just, I don't know. That made me feel really happy. I don't know if it was intentional or not. <laughs> yeah, Probably not. It, it's it, Yeah,
1: it, it is funny that uh, as things build on top of other things... You can have deliberate things like Miranda's codename being Tempest. And that's a reference to William Shakespeare. So that one was clearly a uh, reference. But then you've got these little accidental moments where (laughs) if somebody is just steeped in the lore of various sci-fi projects, you just pick up on these random things that you're not sure if they meant it or not. But it was fun to see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's just part of your geek DNA at that point, and you're probably not even aware of it. But that's cool. I love it. Thank you. Fade to black. Think the episode's over, but it's not because then you get four years later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Four years later, and it starts in on a plaque of Julian Chase, and the whole thing reads: Julian Chase, First Lieutenant, twenty forty seven to twenty sixty eight, V one eighty three Ready Alert Squadron, Silver Falcons whose bravery and valor live on in our hearts, Battle of New York. And it pulls out, and there's a lot more placards around it. Also
1: saying Battle of New York. Also
0: saying Battle of New York, different people. Easter eggs, because, of course, these these people are, are like... Uh, uh, I, I googled some of these names, because I knew, I knew this was going to be the case. I knew this was going to be the case. You had David Tilton, concept artist at Rooster Teeth. You had Michael Pedro, art director at Rooster Teeth. And Ian Giannis... Senior concept artist, Aaron Wynn, lead concept artist. So they put themselves in there. Right. And, like, just this this little moment, this nice little quiet moment. So I, I just, mm-hmm. that's why I'm always, like, pausing. If there's something to read on screen, I'm going to read yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So I like that, that little bit. And um, walking in front of this memorial wall, you've got Miranda, who's got a scar on her cheek.
1: And it's not a subtle scar. Oh, really. no, it's, it's, it's very big. very clear. Yeah. yeah. her
0: She wears her hair differently. Mm-hmm. You're like,
1: yep. There's definitely been some stuff that's happened in yep. those four years. Yeah.
0: Yep. It's not. It's not been a fun four years. They they didn't go to Cancun that year. So she gets a she gets a notification to report to the hangar bay. And she looks very exasperated about it. Mm-hmm. Walking by. Migas is working on her walker, and they mm-hmm. have a little back and forth, and she's she's pretty terse at this point. Mm-hmm. He, he tries to lighten the mood, but it doesn't really work.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, his headphones look angry.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. It's just, you know, he's, he's got, like, I mean, their he- headphones are probably, like, earmuffs for, for working in areas with loud sounds. Yeah. But they've, I don't know, it's just, like, it looks like they've got an angry face on it, and I know it's just a design feature of these <laughs> earmuff headphone things but it's just it cracks me up (laughs) because migas is such a happy person (laughs) he tries He really tries. Thank you, Miles Luna. So she walks by, and she's waiting at the front of the hangar bay, and Jody joins her and invites her to some coffee. So you get a little bit of that dynamic. Yeah,
1: this is how her teammates are treating her at this point and interacting with her at
0: this point. It's like they're trying. Everybody's trying. Mm -hmm. But it seems like she's just not ready to to lean into it at this point. She's Mm -hmm. still kind of... They're like there's there's barriers up now. Mm-hmm. So then you meet Dr. Weller, <laughs> and Yaz, mm-hmm. and there's almost this, this. So so Miranda's supposed to be giving them the tour. They're like, no, let's just do the briefing. Like okay, fine, I'll do the tour on the way. Just kind of like roll with it. Mm-hmm. But when they when they make the actual introduction between Yaz and Miranda, there's this immediate tension.
1: Yeah,
0: which is. Kind of weird.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Where's that coming from?
1: Uh-huh. I don't know. It seemed like uh, Miranda was trying to connect with her and figure out where she was coming from. Because she was like, okay, so you're you're a pilot, huh? So am I, type of thing. So, but I didn't actually see any you're vehicles sh- come in here. And, but she got interrupted, so she couldn't really yeah, yeah. continue Yeah. So there, there the was attempt. an attempt
0: made. But then Yaz also makes the comment, I've heard a lot about you and... and Miranda's like, well, that's, mm-hmm. like, her expression was like, well, that's, wait, what? Yeah, why would you have heard about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, she's just, she's just, you know, <laughs> not one of these big, pallet bigwigs, you know, mm-hmm. she's, you know, one of the leads of the walkers, but there's definitely a hierarchy mm-hmm. that they'd established in the beginning of the episode. Though so, yeah. as, as lowly walkers, like, <laughs> why, okay. Mm-hmm. But so they go in to this briefing about this engagement they need to do to help pull out some refugees, and you see, you here's where you see this full contiguous 48 states map.
1: Right, and you see how bad it's gotten. Yes, you,
0: yeah. the the line of engagement has now pushed to um, just east of the Mississippi River.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was noticing that too. Yeah. It did seem like they were holding the line. Yeah, the and it's like it's a or little or... it's
0: a little farther. In the center, like the 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 peak of it, kind of stops around Toledo, mm-hmm. and then it kind of bows out and then back again. It kind of follows the the river. Yeah. So you don't have any like I didn't see any state delineation, or state borders, but there's mm-hmm. the the rivers were drawn out, and a lot of things tended to follow the rivers. Right. Um, now here's here's where that thing is I wanted to talk about. <laughs> okay. So as as we've already as we have already seen, they like dropping little Easter eggs. They like referencing things. They, they they love their little inspirations and everything.
1: So what did you see?
0: Florida, hmm. the state of Florida on this mm-hmm. map has been reduced to a chain of islands, which maybe is easily explained by rising tide waters. And Florida is basically a marshland state. Right. The yeah. waters don't have to rise very high. For it to drastically change the landscape. Maine is perfectly outlined. Uh, New York had that seawall. But was otherwise perfectly outlined. Mm-hmm. So, now here's here's where the reference comes in. Way back. In Red vs. Blue. In the early days. When they're just starting to talk about the freelancers. Mm-hmm. Project Freelancer was. Is this. Secret elite. Uh, experimental. Super soldier program. Uh. Where the agents were codenamed after states. Okay. So you had agent uh, Agent Washington and agents North and South Dakota, <laughs> and they they mushed uh, they mushed the Carolinas together. So you said Agent Carolina, Agent CT, Agent Wyoming, Agent Maine, and the the Blood Gulch group crew, the main red and blues were talking about it, and there was a comment about oh the fifty states oh no only forty nine. Mu- <laughs> Oh, yeah. Poor Florida. Uh Uh-huh. And that was the beginning and the end of it. Because back then, I mean, it was a comedy. It started out as a comedy series. Right. And so they're always in chase of the joke. They used Mm -hmm. to call it the rule of funny. If they could fit a joke in there, they would. They were not going to step away from any joke ever. So here's this, this random little... Poor Florida. Mm-hmm. That's kind of just left you thinking for like the next few seasons. What did they? Make? What happened to Florida? Well, yeah. Oh my god! So then, in season nine and ten, they did a flashback, ser- like a like a flashback uh, arc story of the freelancers and kind of how they're supposed to work together, but then also compete with each other. And then shit fell apart. Okay. And it's. At the very end of season 10, they ended up assigning Agent Florida to, like, the super-secret mission. And they're like, oh, we've got to explain where Florida went. And then the map in the background, they literally had the state falling apart. Uh-huh. <laughs> to imply that they destroyed an entire state to explain why their soldier was, un- was not there. Okay. So that's the kind of thing that they did. Uh-huh. And that's how, that's why that tiny little detail in this map uh-huh. killed us all. Like, anybody who's, who's been watching Red vs. Blue that caught that was like, poor Florida. <laughs> Alright, so getting back into the seriousness of it. They're, yeah, they're, they're heading out. They're gonna try to get these refugees. The map had coordinates on it. I tried looking them up. Okay. It gave me the Antarctic ice shield. Oh. Which is not where they were. Right. They were somewhere in the contiguous U.S. They were right. not in Antarctica. I don't know what went wrong there. Hmm. Maybe they're, they're calculating their numbers differently than we do now, or maybe hmm. I just can't read.
1: Maybe they're um, calculating that there is a uh, magnetic north pole. <laughs> <sometime. laughs>
0: oh, God, Sorry. no, that could be right. <laughs> that could be true. I mean, and that's entirely possible. Uh huh. So that's not, of, that, that's not out of the question. So they they go out and it's the walkers and it's these transport ships and they get out to the area and oh surprise surprise there's some heavy fire from uh union right. so they're they're up against union walkers and union soldiers
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're trying to hold them back while pick up the refugees
1: yeah clearly things were not going oh, no. very well yeah,
0: yeah you had you had one ship that was totally down I think one that landed but then a walker blew it or a, a tank blew it up. One of the walkers was down. I think Miranda was, what was it? Uh, uh, Jody was down and Miranda was in front of him.
1: Yeah, even when they were dropping the walkers. Oh, you yeah. Could see. Yeah, I
0: think Leon pulled his, yeah, pulled he, his cord he, early.
1: He disconnected from the magnetic <laughs> folder early because he's like, I'm tired of getting shot out here. I want, I want a chance.
0: Yeah. yeah. So things are not looking good. And then Miranda hears over her headset, let the good times roll. Mm-hmm. And then in comes this massive mech human yeah. humanoid mech and yeah. just starts laying waste mm-hmm. and then uh, another one comes out of the trees yeah and and yeah so you had that going on they're able to to take down the the union and get the mm-hmm. refugees and, and get off and then so then it goes from that that kind of quick engagement back to the the briefing room and everybody's tittering
1: yeah
0: everybody's like just, just Walla walla walla. And yeah, but
1: also, they did leave an extra little Easter egg there for you. During the Battle of New York, when uh, Chase sees that veteran in that skyscraper, he gives him a, a two finger salute in acknowledgement. And then uh, here on that mech, you see him, the mech, give that That's same right. salute. At the end of the encounter,
0: I forgot that. Yeah, so that so you had the voice and you had this this familiar gesture, right? Gesture. So they're coming in, and Miranda is flanked by Jody and Leon. And before even waiting for for anybody to start the official debrief, she's just like, "Who was in that mech?" Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> one of the others is like, "You know, that's that's not a drone." And she like doesn't care. She's yeah. like, "Who yeah. was it specifically?" Yeah. Because she's she's got this. Yeah, this proof. feeling some trauma right now. Yeah. yeah. So they introduce Chase back, mm-hmm. and he digitally kind of forms in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, he wasn't there, and then kind of digitally
1: yeah. uploads. But that's something that we've seen previously, yeah. that people can yeah digitally we we'd seen that we'd seen that
0: when uh yeah yeah, when when he and Miranda left the the mom's place it kind of like digitally faded into the
1: yeah so we we know that's a technology that exists if you can't be there in person you can kind of hologram it yeah
0: and then that's that's where they that's where they leave that Mm -hmm. that episode yeah they do this amazing and they this this is this motif has shown up a a few other times but they do this where the background fades out to black Mm -hmm. but for a moment chase and miranda fade in right so it's just them like the rest of the world doesn't exist it's just and then everything fades out to black and credits
1: roll yeah that was a nice tip
0: yeah we've established this relationship yeah whatever it is Mm -hmm. wherever it's going that's going to be an important theme right um What is Chase Mm -hmm. at this point? Mm -hmm. Because she saw him go down. Right. Yeah, so that's a good old rooster teeth cliffhanger Mm -hmm. for you.
1: I did like the touch where at the very beginning, when they're visiting the family in hologram form, Chase has blue eyes. And then when you pop out into where they are on base, you can clearly see... He's got light brown eyes. Yeah. So you know that human Chase has light brown eyes, but for whatever reason, he likes the blue-eyed effect in his hologram form. Yeah. And when you see him at the very end of the episode, you see those blue eyes, so you're like, okay, I know this isn't the physical Chase, but that is the way that he presents himself when he pops... Around and hologram for it. Yeah.
0: When you first saw this episode, Mm -hmm. what did you think Chase is at the end of it? At the end of it,
1: I wasn't sure. I could tell that he appeared to have the mannerisms of Chase. I wasn't sure how much... He might be able to remember of his previous life if it was him. I couldn't tell if it was a computer-programmed AI robotic thing that they had patterned after him. So, yeah, there was a lot of the world is wide open, what direction yeah. is he going to go type of thing. Yeah,
0: a lot of what-ifs. Now, coming from coming from a, a familiarity with T's, some of Rupert's other IPs, Red versus Blue... The freelancers did a lot with, dealt a lot with themes of uh, AI, because mm-hmm. it borrows from Halo and Halo lore, and within Halo, there's smart AIs and dumb AIs, and a smart AI in that uh, IP is a copy of a human brain. Okay. But because of how it's copied, the brain matter deteriorates, so they can only make them from deceased people. Mm. Uh, except you find out that somebody was able to clone her brain and make Mm an AI AI from that. It took a few iterations. Uh She's a clear psychopath.
1: So they've they've played around with this idea of humans and AI. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so that that was the (laughs) Halo reference. And these AIs have a lifespan of about seven years before they go rampant, Mm -hmm. but they're fully free-thinking and... Within the context of Red versus Blue, what they played around with is the idea that these smart AI are exorbitantly expensive, of course, right. because of what they are and how they're made. And the guy in charge of the program was able to kind of do the same thing where he, he cloned his brain and he made an AI from it. Mm-hmm. But he wanted more AI, but he couldn't afford more AI. He mm-hmm. couldn't afford that cloning technology or whatever mm-hmm. to do it again. Also, it's very ethically... Huh? <laughs> um, but then, <laughs> talking about ethics, what he did is he tortured it until it fragmented itself, and then he harvested those fragments.
1: And this is a, a version of himself? Yes. That yep. is dark. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's definitely probably one of the darker storylines. So, uh, And, you know, the, the people receiving these AIs did not know Mm-hmm. They knew they were fragments, but mm-hmm. they didn't know the whole story about where they'd come from, right. who they actually were, and these fragments were always trying to get together and like recreate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what they were originally and that becomes a major theme in the in the the series. So, with that in mind, I'm looking at this, is he what is he? Is, is he like one of one of these like were they able to like maybe salvage his brain and create an AI from it? Right. Or is it a fragment? Is is it you know any sort of little thing pertaining to the the whole, the original?
1: Right. Yeah, because it, it, it did feel more sophisticated than a I'm making up this AI, but I'm going is... to pattern it after somebody I used to know type of thing. It like the... feels like more than that.
0: <laughs> like a, a the Commander Shepard, holo... Holo thing. There's some some Mass Effect reference where they um, you make these celebrity holos you oh, can have like yeah. run your house or something, but they're kind of glitchy. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're talking to yourself like I wouldn't say that. Hey. Um, it's funny. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I was, where I the my where my thinking was coming from was mm-hmm. was under, was to what level is right. this? Yeah, um, is this
1: like a Star Trek uh, holodeck program type of yeah. level of intelligence, or is it something more?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we will find out next time on Into the Ether.